Episode 99. The big nine, 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 nine. Next one. The big episode, no, no. It's a big one. What are we going to do for our 100th episode? I don't know. That's probably nothing. <laughs> I mean, what are the options, really? I don't know. We could answer questions. Have we ever done that? Have we ever opened the thing up to questions? No. We can do that. Just at, do like, a portion start. of that, yeah. All right. If you want to ask us anything, send send some questions to Instagram at Spooky Show Pod. Even if it's about like podcasting, like yeah, whatever. It can, can be tips. like it's about spooky stuff. If it's about anything, Harrison's acting life is interesting. I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. My nine to five life is interesting. It is. <laughs> um. So, whatever you want. Our love life is interesting. Yeah. It's actually not that interesting at all. It isn't. It's interesting to us. To us, yeah. All right. But no need for y'all to know anything about that. You get enough. (laughs) Nosy. Uh, Welcome to Spooky Show. Spooky Show in the history of the universe, the entire world ever of life. I am your host, Kate, and Harrison's here too. That's correct. And today we're doing a requested story uh you sick it's not uh, a bad one it's sickos. a really 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 cool one and i was really excited when this person i don't want to like shout out handles or names because i don't know if people want that yeah, people so like have public yeah yeah person. uh so oh, bef- i was before we get into stuff can i just say really quickly yeah that we uh, linked to a previous episode that the the people from Birds Aren't Real are like blowing up. They've been everywhere. They were yeah. on CNN the other day. Yeah. They, um, they're on another podcast that I listen to called Yeah, But Still. So if you are interested in hearing directly from the Birds Aren't Real people, if you liked that episode from forever ago, I mm-hmm. just listened to that. It was awesome. So sorry, it was on the front of my brain. Yeah, podcast Yeah, But Still, my celebrity crush is one of the hosts. True. <laughs> my, my one of many hall passes. So says Harrison. Um, yeah, so this was a requested case and not case. It's a, it's, it's dark history. A tale. It's, it's an if informational episode. Um, okay. And when they sent this to me, I was like, I've never heard of this before. And this is really cool to do. It's something different. And I haven't heard of it before. So. And it's really different. So. It's so unique. So. <laughs> it's really different. And I haven't heard of it before. <laughs> I'm a good speaker, okay? I know, but you were just saying it. You just said it like the you were about, I thought you were about to go back and I shouldn't have made fun of you. Now I Yeah, can't look at talk. you. A witch's curse. Okay, so have you ever tried to like when you were younger, because I doubt you do it now, to like pick up interesting radio stations or like see what you can are you talking about like blank? Yeah, I guess I guess so. I, I, I think I probably have done this before. Yeah, I think I have too. And like back in the day, I remember you could like pick up police radar and trans like airplane transmissions. Yeah, and like, yeah, yeah. Even on walkie talkies, you could pick up like. <laughs> you pick up people's. local, like if people were like, uh, honestly, like a big thing that I remember that I used to pick up on walkie talkies was like people doing construction work. Yeah. So 
pretty cool stuff. Have you ever listened to shortwave radio? Do you know what no, it is? No, but I know what it is because yeah. um, Review Bra on <laughs> YouTube, the guy in the suit, he does shortwave radio on the weekends. Interesting. Mm-hmm. It's a good good thing to do for a large audience. So I'll explain what it is for those of you who don't know because I didn't know what it was before this. And I didn't know what it was until like two weeks ago when yeah. I was talking about it in a video that we were watching on my stream. And this is something we need to discuss before we get into this episode which is about number stations okay cool you know what those are no but i imagine maybe not by name but okay yeah you probably i've definitely heard like stuff related to blank radio stations so shortwave radio is a frequency that operates somewhere between fm and am like the standard bands on your radio and shortwave can travel very long distances, so it's a really good option for anyone who's trying to reach like a wide audience. Yeah, he broadcasts in Australia. Exactly. Yeah. So in Canada, the U.S. and Europe, local FM and AM broadcasting is freely available. So that means you don't really need to use shortwave radio because you can just use standard AM, FM, and you can even create radio stations on the internet if you want to these days, apparently. But in other countries where this kind of like local broadcasting is less accessible, uh, shortwave still has like a massive impact to this day. Yeah. So shortwave radio has actually emerged as a valuable way to reach marginalized communities. So this has also led to like a surge in religious shortwave radio channels. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Like if you're listening to shortwave radio, you're likely to find a lot of like Christian sermons and like faith based channels. People sure, and I'm sure people just like doing word. manifestos also. I yeah, people just like probably some and... weird stuff. So basically, <clears throat> in short, shortwave is a radio frequency just like AM or FM. And like I said, it's the ideal choice if you're trying to do long distance communication. So over the years, people have used shortwave radio for two-way international communication and diplomatic communication. So if you've ever just been like turning a radio back in the day, picked up something weird, you know, could be why. And this is also why, you know, even the BBC uses shortwave radio. Yeah. So cool. That is really, really cool. Yeah. So that they can reach everywhere. Um, so number stations. Let's talk about those. So Please. This, this is one of the strangest things I so I've heard in the airwaves. This is one of the strangest things in the well, all of the airwaves. In all of so the airwaves. So at the start of the Cold War, mm-hmm. people across the globe they started well, to freezing. They were so cold. <laughs> they were freezing. They started to hear strange broadcasts on the airwaves, and it would start with like a weird melody or like the sound of several beeps and then followed by the sound of just like a series of numbers read by a synthesized voice, I guess like Siri. Um, Some are in a woman's voice, some are in a child's voice, which is even creepier. And a few are in the form of Morse code. Beep, 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 that, 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 dee, dee, dee. Or like strange electronic tones and these are broadcasted mostly at regular times, at predictable frequencies, almost always on the shortwave band. And the purpose of these transmissions and the operators at the stations are unknown and explained. So Weird. why are these numbers just being broadcast? Yeah. Well, maybe that's not for you to know. Maybe people should just be stop being so damn nosy. Yeah, this episode we're going to get into a lot of 
It's going to be dicey. Um, it means people should stop being so damn nosy. But I'm going to play a clip so you can hear what I'm talking about from the NSRIC's recording of a station referred to in their listing as E06, the Englishman. These number station things have really weird names. Okay, I'm going to play it for you. Here's so. That's number radio. (laughs) That's crazy. Weird, right? That is super weird. So pretty much exclusive use. Dude, that would scare me to death. Yeah, if you're just I also like feel now this is gonna you wanna hear something fucked up? I feel like I've heard this kind of shit before. Probably. I feel like I used to have like a boombox radio in my room and I spent a lot of time. Yeah, I did too. I you probably have. Have you do you feel like you have? I think I'm getting it confused with, if you remember that whole Malaysia flight thing where that guy got that message with just repeating numbers Mm -hmm. or repeating words or something. That's what I think of. So I don't know if my memory is like playing tricks. Hey, that's a classic Mandela effect. Maybe for you, it's a personal Mandela it is, effect. Yeah. Anytime I forget anything, that's a person. I'm having a Mandela effect. It's a personal Mandela effect. <laughs> it's a um, PME. A what? A flower? A PME, not a peony. A, a personal PME. Mandela effect. Personal Mandela effect. Okay. I'm, I'm literally also about to tweet. Anytime I forget anything, that's a personal Mandela okay. effect. So, pretty. These broadcasts are pretty much exclusive of shortwave for these transmissions and it tells us something obviously it sh- it suggests that shortwave is chosen for these broadcastings because of its range so whoever's running the number stations wants the signal to travel over very long distances over nations or continents and the actual sequence of numbers or letters typically change to varying degrees between individual broadcasts on a single station though the format kind of usually appears to be the same which suggests that messages or information are in fact encoded in these transmissions okay so it's people sending a message yes 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 as morse code would also be used so like i said radio enthusiasts who like look into this they have they have been looking um into these for a while and they've given these transmissions some interesting names um there's nancy adams susan the lincolnshire poacher the swedish rhapsody or the gong station and the lincolnshire poacher for example was named because there are two bars from an english folk song called the uh lincolnshire poacher and um that name was being used as an interval signal which basically means it plays, and then the series of numbers begin. And I'll talk about what the inter- interval signal 
could be in cool. a bit, but I'm going to play the Lincolnshire Poacher for you now. scary as shit though yeah so this one is thought to have been run by the british secret intelligence service it was first broadcast from bletchley park in the mid-1970s but later was broadcast from raf Equatori in cyprus i don't know if i said that right sorry yeah i got no i got nothing on that so it ceased broadcasting in 2008 um there were also russian number stations which also include colorful names like the buzzer and the pip. Oh, the buzzer and the pip. Yeah. With origins from the Soviet era. Even as late as 2001, the United States actually tried the Cuban 5 because apparently the group had received and decoded messages that had been broadcast from the Atencion number station in Cuba. And we'll come back to this story which is wild but in case you didn't know the cuban five they're five um cuban intelligence officers who were arrested in 1998 and later convicted in miami of conspiracy to espionage conspiracy to commit murder acting as an agent of a foreign government and other illegal activities in the u.s so they were arrested for basically number stations back to some quick little fun facts though these broadcasts, they usually follow a strict timetable and appear with regularity on the same frequencies. So some use those automated voices, some don't, some use real voices, some use letters, some use numbers, so it does vary a tad. But there are, like I said, there are reports of these voice stations going back to the Cold War era and some sooner, some World War I. Uh-huh. But in terms of automated voices, though, the technology to do this back then like was not easy it wasn't like household yeah, I mean, you have technology use, you have to use like well what 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 in the 80s well i mean world war one okay world war one I, I mean yeah i mean like but, essentially like you're talking about like yeah they're using like synthesizer I'm which has talking, existed for forever yeah, that's true i just mean like getting those automated voices i feel like it's not you know without a getting computer how do you do that they're probably, I, I don't know. Well, that I don't know. Maybe yeah. they have some kind of like, it might even be practical, you know? Like, it may just be like, they run, they're running voices through like, you can get kind of a robot voice from running your voice through like a fan. That's true. I don't know. You know, I don't know. I, I obviously don't know. It's but super that's just fucking interesting. weird. Yeah, it's, and, and it's also scary. And they do this scarier. like multiple times a day. Well, and how often are you actually hearing like, synthesized voices in a day at that time, especially just randomly coming out of your radio. And like, I don't know, if you didn't have a vast amount of resources, you probably couldn't have done this. So it's it's possible, but not likely. However, it's speculated that the earliest number stations just likely used Morse code. Now, Archduke... Did you ever have to do that in school? Yeah. would try to make you learn a little bit of Morse code or whatever, and then you had to be like, tap, 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 dash, tap, dot, 
Yep. Da, 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 don't da, remember da. a lick of it, but I remember. I don't know. That. Okay. If anybody, if you know Morse code and you're not lying, DM the show account. Cause I want to know if, and if you have retained Morse code, you're amazing. You're amazing. You're amazing. <laughs> we love you. So Archduke Anton of Austria, as a young boy in the first world war, he discovered strings of numbers being broadcasted in Morse code using shortwave frequencies, apparently from enemy nations. So Austria-Hungary, they were part of the Axis powers during that conflict, and the broadcasts he was picking up were coming from Italy, Russia, and one apparently broadcasting from the Eiffel Tower in Paris. So Anton would spend hours every day writing down pages and pages of these Morse codes transmissions, and although like the transmission of today, they were encoded and pretty much useless to civilians. He would hand over the scribblings of these recordings to the relevant Austrian military authorities. So the point of this being that this makes number stations in Morse code format go back to over like 100 years. But the prevalence only expanded in the mid-20th century, coinciding with the Cold War. So what we know is that they first appeared during wartime, the transmissions appear to come out of opposing nations, but were focused on broadcasting into enemy territory. They became more common during the Cold War, and the broadcasters seem in many cases to be using technology that's more specialized and advanced for the time period. Okay. So there are still recordings to this day that happen. Like, number stations still going strong. Some that even stray from just relaying Morse code or number strings. So there's one I listened to that came out of North Korea in 2017. And I'm not going to play that. <laughs> I'm just nervous. <laughs> but this one's actually a live person speaking and translated their saying, from now on, we will send IT basic practice problems for agent number 27. Now we will tell the number of problems. 823, page number 69, 467, page number 92, 957, page number 100, and so on. This goes on for like almost like 15 minutes straight. So this is only known, this is the only known number station to broadcast on FM instead of shortwave in North Korea in 2017. Probably because North Korea doesn't want this to be hidden like they wanted right. to show they could reach nations as a part of like psychological warfare maybe and these messages are put out between programming on north korea's government-owned radio station so they would have normal services just come to a stop and then just broadcast stuff like this jeez yeah so coming from a direct government source it's pretty much confirmed that like this is real number stations are real yeah um, it's not really a conspiracy theory. I was going to, but it's just a matter. I mean, the conspiracy is what are they being used for? Right. Like, yeah. Is that what the great, I guess the sort of like conspiracy. Right. Cause is, some, like, there's some who speculate it's for like spies. Um, sure. And, then, and I'm surely it's for sensitive communication. Yes, right. Like, because, because it's obviously too sensitive to send privately because you're afraid it's going to get intercepted or yeah. that you're going to be tagged. So you're sending it out publicly in a way that nobody except the person receiving it could be able to decode, in theory. Right. So, I mean, and in, in, in the minds of those who enjoy kind of the dark and spooky, that's right up there. I mean, it give, leaves a lot to be imagined. So. Yeah. 
people are like aliens. Yeah. Um, which we actually will talk about a little bit. So cool, cool. This station in North Korea originally broadcast in shortwave until 2000. Then it disappeared following the 2000 inter-Korean summit, which led to like a slight throwing of relations between the two Koreas. And then its reappearance in the late 2010s led to con- condemnation from the South Korean government, which is aware, of course, that these broadcastings have an espionage purpose. So there's that too. So in 2016, Jung Joon-hee, a unification ministry spokesman, stated in a press conference that we can't speak conclusively about North Korea's hidden intentions behind the broadcasting, but we urge North Korea to desist from such outdated practices and seek ways to promote inter-Korean ties. Comment upon that. Okay, so moving on. In the 2011 book Spycraft by Robert Wallace and H. Keith Melton, some light is kind of shown on this practice. The book was compiled by experts in espionage tradecraft, and according to them, these broadcasts are indeed a means of communications with embedded agents working or living in foreign territory, and number stations specifically can be linked to a technique known in the craft as OWVL, or one-way voice link. So... The receiving agent would be briefed to listen for communications on a certain frequency using a shortwave cable radio and a one-time pad. A one-time pad acts as a one-time key for the transmissions, so numbers can be translated to letters and the messages can get across. Ah. So sometimes there will be an element at the start of each broadcast to indicate which, which code pad to, to look mm-hmm, at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So they're making it. Yeah. So I'm saying like that definitely opens the door conspiracy because they really don't like want it to be easy to be able to figure out right. what even the code is. Yeah. You know? What even key to look that at. Listening to it like seven or eight times yeah. or like hearing different intercepts on the same wave, you might think, oh, well, like I've cracked the code, but no, no, no. They're moving upon different codes. They have different ones. So once, but once. Oh, like, which makes the intro things make sense. That's yeah. That's where that music cool. and those beeps. Interesting. In it's all coming together. Yeah. So once used, though, that key is thrown out. Damn, how many? There's only 26 letters in the alphabet. Are they? Damn. They're throwing them out. I mean, I guess you can use different numbers, combinations of numbers. If you hear two threes in a row, it means Z this time. Exactly, yeah. It could be unlimited. Yeah, I mean, you could do it in all. Yeah, you could do it like, yeah, that's crazy. That's really crazy. So in the late 1990s, there was a series of high-profile criminal trials in the U.S. that kind of serves as an illustration for how this all works, and it gave the public, actually, a glimpse of actual content of some of these messages. So we're going to go back to the Cuban Five, which is so cool. It's just an interesting part of history. Um, So they were infiltrating Cuban exile groups, and there's a huge Cuban exile population in Miami, Florida. Yeah. Of course, Since very famous. So close, yeah. yeah, so close. And but also, like, has a huge impact on their voting, the, um, on the way they vote and mm-hmm. stuff like that. It's a, it's like a huge. It's like actually a very important part of the Miami. Right. It's like cultural history too. And we're talking in the late nineteen uh, 1990s right now. Um, the, right in the prime of the boom of kind of the Cuban exodus too. Yeah. Um, so it's so close. So a lot of the Cuban exile populations, you know, they would go to Miami. That's not true. That's not true. I was wrong. Sorry. I think I'm not right about that. Okay. 
Sorry. Just That's wanted okay. to correct the record so I didn't sound too stupid. So because of that, there's a number of organized groups based there formed of people who have sought political asylum from Cuba. So there are groups like Brothers to the Rescue, Alpha 66, uh, the Cuban American National Foundation, and several of these groups have at many times been involved in activities ranging from like humanitarian stuff, like patrolling the streets of Florida for Cuban refugees and helping newly arrived immigrants. But then they've also done some like overtly like anti-communist direct <laughs> action, uh-huh. um, violating Cuban airspace to drop anti-Castro leaflets over Havana mm-hmm. and allegedly in some cases reporting like terrorist violence against the state itself. Alpha 66 in particular was open, like pro-military in nature. So from the Cuban government's point of view, they are like, these are, they saw the, these groups as puppet organizations being used by the United States to provide an attack on Cuba by proxy. Wow. Yeah. So they are, they're like, these aren't real, like Cuban exile people, like, yeah, it's, this is a, Cubans. one of our favorite conspiracies. Yeah. This is the government. Exactly. One of the great, and and honestly, one of the most correct conspiracies ever, which is just assume it's the government. Right. So Cuba was directing and embedding agents living in Florida to infiltrate and interfere with these groups, and they got caught. So the Cuban Five were arrested as members of the so-called WASP network and indicted. Okay. So it turns out the FBI had been keeping an eye on the WASP network for at least a couple of years prior to the arrest, because in 1995, federal agents were able to enter the home of another WASP agent who was not part of the Cuban Five, and they made a copy of the hard drive on their laptop and just left without anyone knowing they were there. And among the contents, they discovered a program designed to decrypt coded messages from a particular number station known to the world as Antision. And I can play a clip from that here. Please. So, the feds now having this software, they, it meant they were in possession of the whole book of codes and they were able to listen in and decode like subsequent messages on that number station for years and the messages they decoded would provide them with like important intelligence on the group's activities right so now three of some of these coded messages have been decoded and translated and made public and this is one of the only times like messages from a number station have been made public so i'll read them there's three they're short one says, prioritize and continue to strengthen friendship with Joe and Dennis. Cool, um, cool. That, that refers to two high-ranking members of the military personnel at Boca Chica Air Base. Um, there's also, congratulate all the female... <laughs> Sorry, this one's funny. <laughs> congratulate all the female comrades for International Day of the Woman, which was sent hey. out on International Women's Day. Yes, you better fucking... Give the women their due. You got to um, tell them secretly, though. Five, seven, three, 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 four, five, seven, seven, yeah, seven. Yeah, weird. And then the last one, under no circumstances should agents German nor caster fly with BTTR, which is Brothers to the Rescue, 
or another organization on days 24, 25, 26, and 27. And those Brothers to Rescue planes were actually shot down um, on the 24th of February in 1996. All right. So they, that was HQ, I guess, just giving them like a heads up to not be on board when this happens. Ooh. Yeah. So that's kind of the number stations spiel. Okay. Interesting, right? Yes, Mary. Um, I don't think it's anything extraterrestrial or anything. I think it's definitely used for, you know, important messages. Yeah. That CIA secret shit. Yeah, and I'm sure like every every communication platform it's used for both good and bad things. Right. But now just I wanted to throw this in here just on the radio train. I wanted Please. to talk about like mysterious broadcast yeah. signal intrusions. Broadcast signal intrusions happens to this day and so does jamming um which is referred to as when others try to like drown out transmissions with their own messages so that the others can't come across yeah which kind of goes into our next topic that we're that i already just said sorry my notes are kind of all over the place so november 22nd 1977 at 5 10 p.m on the itn news station in the uk the picture suddenly jumps and a piercing buzzing sound erupted from television speakers all across Berkshire and North Hampshire. The pic- Hampshire. The picture continued to play and it was like a cartoon. But instead of the sound that's normally on the TV coming out, viewers heard a strange distorted voice reading this message. And it's, it's a little bit long, but it's good. This is the voice of Rillon, a representative of the Ashtar Galactic Command, speaking to you. For many years, you have seen us as lights in the skies. We speak to you now in peace and wisdom, as we have done to your brothers and sisters all over this, your planet Earth. We come to warn you of the destiny of your race and your world so that you may communicate to your fellow beings the course you must take to avoid the disaster which threatens your world and the beings on our worlds around you. This is an order that you may share in the Great Awakening as the planet passes into the new age of Aquarius. The new age can be a time of great peace and evolution for your race, but only if your rulers are made aware of the evil forces that can overshadow their judgments. Be still now and listen, for your chance may not come again. All your weapons of evil must be removed. The time for conflict is now past, and the race of which you are a part of may proceed to the higher stages of its evolution if you show yourselves worthy to do this. You have but a short time to learn to live together in peace and goodwill. Small groups all over the planet are learning this and exist to pass on the light of the dawning new age to you all. You are free to accept or reject their teachings, but only those who learn to live in peace will pass to the higher realm of spiritual evolution. Hear now the voice of Rillon, a representative of the Ashtar Galactic Command speaking to you. Be aware also that there, may, that there are many false prophets and guides at present operating on your world. They will suck your energy from you, the energy you'll call, you call money, and will put it to evil ends and give you worthless dross in return. Your your inner divine self will protect you from this. You must learn to be sensitive to the voice within that can tell you what is truth and what is confusion, chaos, and untruth. Learn to listen to the voice of the truth which is within you, and you will lead yourselves onto the path of evolution. True. 
This is our message to our dear friends. We have watched you growing for many years as you too have watched our lights in your skies. You know now that we are here and that there are more beings on, on and around your earth than your scientists admit. We are deeply concerned about you and your path towards the light and will do all we can to help you. Have no fear, seek only to know yourselves, and live in harmony with the ways of your planet Earth. We here at the Ashtar Galactic Command thank you for your attention. We are now leaving the planes of your existence. May you be blessed by the supreme love and truth of the cosmos. Sounds good to me. That sounds good. Yeah, so you're just watching Looney Tunes, and then this just I'm po- also voice s- pops up. I'm truly surprised that I have not seen a TikTok about this, because that seems like incredible fodder for TikTok. It seems like yeah. one of those guys who's going to be like, or that girl who's like um, the astrology girl, you know what I'm talking yep. about? Oh, I know the one. Yeah. Actually, really big transmission today. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. So obviously this led to a lot of confusion. Some people did think this was real. Um, And this is famously known as the Southern Television Broadcast Interruption. And it's the first known major broadcast signal intrusion, which would become more popular in the years after by different groups for different reasons. So as... So, like Drake when he was dropping Certified Lover Boy. So, uh, broadcast signal intrusion is essentially a hijacking of the broadcast transmission, allowing the attacker to replace the sound or video of the official broadcast, getting their own message out to the audience of those, you know, listeners or viewers. Seems like and this was a huge trope, in my opinion. If I remember correctly, this was a massive. You know this one? trope in well. No, hold on. But this was a big trope that villains used to do in like nineties yeah, and yeah, early two yeah. thousands movies. Like the um what I actually loved about The Incredibles 2 is that it takes I was just gonna say the Incredibles 2. It, well, it takes the idea of like I'm gonna broadcast on every TV and it like does it for the smartphone era, yeah, which yeah. is why I think like, you know, Incredibles 2 is so good. But yeah. Um Yeah. It's yeah. like this used to be in in movies all the time. It used to be like no, they've taken over the news. Right, <laughs> like, yeah. You, know, it's like, you so, see the shop window with all the, the TV store with all the yeah, yeah. Um, different TVs that suddenly flip over to the one thing. Yeah. So, I mean, like you said, villains, this is a criminal act. <laughs> yep. So. Well, it's like pirate. It's a pirate act. Yeah. Like, it's literally like a pirate. Yeah. So later that same evening of the Southern Telvin television broadcast interruption the on-air continuity announcer came on to apologize for a breakthrough in sound and then the independent broadcast authority said it was all a hoax but the perpetrators were never identified so we don't know who did this but what's interesting is that ashtar is not made up is not a made-up thing like by the people who did this yeah ashtar sharon is a supposed extraterrestrial entity at the center of like this new age UFO religion, even though okay, I was gonna say that sounds a lot like um, the kind of last thing that sounds like a new agey like yeah. name for a deity, right? It and it is, and yeah, it reminds me of like Abraham Hicks, which I love it, you know, peace and love to all the Abraham peace Hicks and love. out there. I love Abraham Hicks, they don't consider themselves a religion, it's kind of like theology. And it's referred to as the Ashtar movement. So at certain times, they have referred to themselves as like the Ashtar command. As ashholes. And Ashtar is like this divine, <laughs> like Christ-like entity in this theology. So this message did kind of nod to this movement, obviously. So it's likely the hijackers were just like influenced by the Ashtar movement. And sure. they 
just wanted to pass on these teachings to the world. Of course. Or into those to the UK, I guess. So moving on to harmful intrusions, though. So this one is really cool because on Wednesday, well, it's not cool. This one's actually terrible, but it's cool because it happened on Long Island. Um, Wednesday, May 17th, 2006, on the rock station, 102.3 WBAB, which was always on in my parents' car, um, headquartered in Babylon on Long Island. It was the number one rock station, and it was, but the morning DJ, Ted Linder, was leading into the song, Hey You, by, the, by Pink Floyd. I almost said the Pink Floyd. <laughs> um, by the Pink Floyd. When a jammer interrupted the broadcast with a horrible, horrible racist song by Johnny Rebel. And I haven't listened to it, but apparently it's terrible. The title has the N-word in it, and it's, I don't even want to say what it's about. It's just so gross. So halfway into the song, um, you can hear like a buzz, buzzing breakthrough, and it's like blocking out johnny rebel and then you can hear faint voices which sounds like commercials on another channel breaking through so it's probably it was probably like wbab trying to jam out those hijackers uh-huh. so they got it off the air they came back there they explained you know that like people took over their frequency like we don't stand by this i've never seen this happen but that wasn't we didn't play that and then a ten thousand dollar reward was offered for information leading to the hijackers' capture. Yes. But that was never claimed, and the perpetrators were never identified. Damn. We do have one story where the perpetrators were caught, though. So on Sunday, September 6, 1987, the Playboy channel was interrupted by text reading, Thus saith the Lord thy God, remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Um, so the Playboy channel was a satellite and cable channel. So these people sent a feed to the satellite that was just strong enough to overpower the Playboy channel's right. own signal. But the FCC was able to find like subtle technical fingerprints, I guess. So they were able to narrow down both the model of the transmitter used and the character voice generator used to produce this message. So this led them to the Christian Broadcasting Network. Hey, and a man named Thomas Haney who was charged and eventually convicted on satellite piracy charges, receiving three years probation, a $1,000 fine, and 150 hours of community service. Shit. So, and then, of course, obviously, there were times when satellites, you know, were interrupted with porn. Uh, One time, the Disney Channel show Handy Manny was interrupted with a porn film. When was that? That I don't know. That had to be pretty recent. Yeah, I remember watching Handy Manny. So it was like... It was also on the tail end of us being young. It was, yeah. Because my like little don't cousins say that. that. <laughs> I was like, I watched it. You must have been pretty old. I probably like, was. I remember was like my on... like three-year-old cousins who I'm like 10 years older than were watching that. Well, no one was ever caught for that one. But um, that charge that I said, satellite piracy, it was made up i guess it was brought to life because of two incidents so the first is what is known as the captain midnight intrusion okay 
Um, this is really funny. <laughs> I kind of like this one. So on April 27, 1986, an electrical engineer named John McDougall was just so pissed off about the rates for premium cable subscriptions and decided to do something about it. So he targeted HBO and pro- protested their high prices, which was $12.95 at the month. Oh, at a month at the time. Uh, he decided to protest this by jamming their satellite signal and broadcasting his own message. He basically called himself Captain Midnight and it quickly explained how their prices were too high and that soon he would be tra- targeting Showtime and other networks. His message lasted for close to five minutes and appeared on the screens of the HBO subscribers all throughout the eastern half of the U.S. Holy shit. Um, so he was just like, your prices are too high. That's like, very funny. I, and just told the world, like, this is ridiculous. Um, he was caught and he was placed on probation and given a $5,000 fine. Uh, hey, it could be worse. Lastly, this case is probably the most famous broadcast intrusion ever carried out, which is the Max Headroom incident. Why do I know about this? If you, carry on. If you watch it, you'll know what it is. Okay. Um, November 22nd, 1987, Chicago saw one of the most disturbing television interruptions ever. So during a broadcast of Doctor Who, viewers were suddenly bombarded with a pirate broadcast featuring a man disguised as the television char- character Max Headroom. This was like a UK character. For close to 90 seconds, viewers were terrified by the man's unintelligible ranting as he chanted Coke slogans, moaned and screamed while playing with gloves, and was spanked by a woman in a French maid outfit. Oh, yeah, I know. I yeah, know Yeah, you've this. seen this. And I'm not going to put the audio, audio here because it sounds like a bunch of nonsense, but definitely watch it. It's a crazy video. I've seen this yeah, before. So you can sure. see the full picture. You probably have seen it. It is very creepy. Just warning you. Yeah, it's definitely creepy. It's super yeah. weird. It's truly weird. It's weird. Um, and <laughs> this was heavily investigated by the FCC, but nothing ever came out of it, and no one was ever charged. Well, so. damn. Yeah, and that's kind of it for this episode. That was fun. There's a lot of yeah. fun stuff in there. I just thought it was an interesting topic and different from what we've done in a while. It's so different. And there are a ton, a ton, a ton of other intrusions and like number stations you can Google and listen to and watch online. So three, three, three. <laughs> yeah, if you want to listen to that all day, go ahead. But the intrusions are um, kind of interesting. Two, two, three. Yeah. Yeah, that's really cool and weird. Thanks for sending that in. Whoever sent that in. Yeah, it was really great. We needed an a episode like listener. this because we were doing a lot of um, sad ones. Yeah, some dark stuff. Some dark stuff. No, I'm, I'm sensitive. And it's cool. I think radio stuff is super interesting. Yeah, absolutely. As we broadcast ourselves, pretty much. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, no intrusions here, though. Um, I don't think there's anything to talk about. We'll put out an episode next week. Yeah, we'll put out an Even episode. though it's a holiday, but that means I have time, so... It's episode 100. It's episode 100 on Memorial Day, baby. Hey, so, hey, so right in, baby. I forgot that we're 13 weeks ahead, or 12 weeks ahead, because we did the 13 days of holiday. Yeah. Or I guess 11 weeks ahead, Mm -hmm. because, yeah. 
Yeah, so if you have any questions for but us. But we're not because we missed two weeks, so it's like 10. We're like 10 weeks out. Yeah. If you have any questions for us, you can DM us, and we'll do a little like question hour at the top of the episode. Yeah. Next time. Or maybe after, in case people don't want to listen to it. Yeah, whatever, whatever, yeah. whatever. Or we also could put it out as like a, a bony only. Oh, a bonus episode. It depends on how many questions we get. If we get a lot of questions, it we'll do a bonus episode. It might just be the episode. episode, that's what I'm saying. If yeah. It, if it, yeah. But if we don't get that many, we'll answer the few. The, the few, the proud. Um, rate and review the, the show DMs. on Apple Podcasts, please, and on Spotify. Please. Five stars. Five stars. Five stars. Like you should give every Uber five stars. Yep. Follow the show on Instagram at Spooky Show Pod. And Harrison, do you have anything you want to say? Listen to Baseball Hat, the greatest band in the entire world. You heard it here first, folks. Okay. Oh, oh, I did want to say something else. What, what, what? I put on my story. What? I guess I could put the link in the... I'm selling clothes. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I forgot we were going to plug this. Yeah, yes. I'm selling my clothes. Really good, good Good clothes. clothes. Act- good garments. Okay, I'm serious. Most of them still has tags on it. Yeah, no. Kate buys a lot of clothes, yeah. and a lot of them she gets, and then she's like, I'm going to return this, and then doesn't return it. Now is your chance to buy Kate's literally never-worn it's basically you curated basically a shop. I mean, like, how did, much would you and say the really... percentage of the stuff is has tags on it? Ooh, maybe like maybe like fifty percent. And folks, these are good pieces. And of the stuff yeah. that doesn't have tags, you probably worn it once or twice, yes. right? Looking in that pile, I'm yes. like, I don't think I've ever seen you wear so, half this shit. Check it out. I'll put the Poshmark link in this episode. A lot of fly pieces, folks. If you want to get your get your drip going for the summer. Yeah, and if you counter the the price I have, like I'll probably accept it. I'm just trying to get rid of this stuff, so whatever you want. Uh, yeah, that's it. All right, thank you for listening. Best week of your entire life. Bye. Bye. Bye.